from the corner of 16th and Peachtree Street, right next to the High Museum of Art in Midtown Atlanta. Welcome to the First Presbyterian Church. I'm Senior Pastor Tony Sundermeyer, and I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. And I would invite you now to join us in the worship of God. This is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Tommy Hills, an elder and trustee in this congregation, and please join me in the call to worship that's printed in your programs. Sing God a brand new song, earth and everyone in it sing. Shout the news of victory from sea to sea. Take the news of his glory to the lost, the news of the wonders, one and all. Bring gifts and celebrate, bow before the beauty of God. Bend to your knees, everyone to worship. Please turn in your pew Bibles to Psalm 96, which can be found on page 20 in the Old Testament. Listen to God's word. O oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be revered above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. Tremble before him all the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. Listen now for God's word to you and to me. After Jesus had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. A centurion there had a slave whom he valued highly and who was ill and close to death. 
When he heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders to him, asking him to come and heal his slave. When they came to Jesus, they appealed to him earnestly, saying, He is worthy of having you do this for him, for he loves our people, and it is he who built our synagogue for us. And Jesus went with them, and when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but only speak the word and let my servant be healed. For I am also a man set under authority with soldiers under me, under me, and I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and the slave does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd that followed him, he said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. When those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the slave in good health. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each of our hearts be acceptable unto you, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Friends, our sermon title today is All In Relationships Can Produce Faith. And as I began researching for this message, I was surprised to see the many different ways the phrase all in can be used. There are dozens of books, films, sports, and television episodes that begin with the phrase all in. So I immediately realized the need to be explicit about the meaning of all-in relationships. When we are talking about relationships that are all-in, we're referring to positive, healthy interactions with another and others. All-in relationships have certain characteristics that show up regardless of who they're with. Kevin just used the example of it being friends. Well, I must say that it was not until I had the privilege and the honor of attending our May 17th session meeting that I even began to think about the importance of these types of relationships. I knew that it was going to be a long day because after working all day, we would have session meeting. And session meeting usually is something that could be a little tiring and boring, and we go through process. Oh, but I had no idea. Because on the schedule, it was listed to begin with statements of faith that would begin at 7.21 p.m. 
And I thought, okay, here is our class of 2019. And just in case you all may not know or remember who these persons are, I believe it's important for you to hear their names. Paul Demick, Susan Farrar, Elizabeth Fogarty, Jeff Irby, Duggan Lansing, Jeff Nykirk, Cliff Orr, Karen Thompson, Mary Ellen Vianne, Gail White, Kelly Williams, Matt Worth, Lily Jacobson, and Will Trimble. Each of these elders stood before us and shared with us one by one their stories about people with whom they had an all-in relationship. These were the people responsible for them coming to faith or maintaining their faith. Some of those people were family members who in spite of health challenges or in spite of being bullied by classmates, overcame those challenges and served as strong testaments to God's love and grace. Still others shared that they reached points in their lives where trouble came in the form of a lost job or parents in a tumultuous marriage where they either prayed or they were encouraged by others to join a Bible study in which they became stronger in their own faith. Each of their faith statements served as a clear reminder of the importance of us having all-in relationships because it is those type of relationships that can produce faith. Needless to say, at the end of the nearly two-hour period, we all were witnesses to the Holy Spirit transporting us and transforming us into a place that was no longer designated by Kronos time. We began to realize why the Greeks always used two different words to describe time, Kronos being the linear time and Kairos being that opportune moment, the moment in which time is suspended. It was as if we were caught in a place together where we were all on one accord, very much like that painting that's here with the tongues of fire on the day of Pentecost. Yes, we were all caught up. We could not believe the time had passed. And it was indeed an inspiration for each and every one of us to hear that good news message. It is then that I began to realize just how important these relationships are for each of us who are called to carry the good news message. I looked at it and realized there are very different characteristics that are important in these types of relationships. And one is commitment. Commitment to that relationship. With this being Memorial Day weekend, we are already setting aside time 
to honor those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice of giving their lives while serving in the U.S. military. Members of our armed forces are committed. They're committed to giving themselves physically, emotionally, and sacrificially in order to keep each and every one of us safe in this great nation, free from threats outside and inside. And though many have paid the ultimate sacrifice with their lives, there are still others who have left family and friends for the sake of serving with honor. Many have returned with various scars, some visible and some not so visible to the naked eye. As a result of their commitment, it is estimated that over 40% of our Vietnam and Gulf War veterans suffer with post-traumatic stress disorder. Just recently, even Prince Harry admitted to having post-war flashbacks. All-in relationships require commitment. Our lectionary text lesson found in the Gospel of Luke also points out that these types of relationships require genuine care and concern for those involved. Luke shares a story about a centurion in the Roman army who has a slave who is very ill and close to death. Luke describes him as being very valuable to him. The reality of their context is that the centurion would likely be part of the Roman army and a perceived enemy of the Jews. As one in charge of at least 100 men, he is familiar with the structures in place that determine who has power and authority to do particular tasks. In their context, he has the power and authority to get rid of his slave, even if he has become too old to perform his duties. The centurion has no obligation to see that his slave is treated with kindness or any type of sympathy, yet he clearly has an all-in relationship with him. So when he hears about the Jewish rabbi named Jesus, who is a healer, he reaches out to the Jewish community. He clearly already has a relationship with the Jewish people because when he sends the Jewish elders to Jesus to request him to come to save the life of his slave, they say he is worthy of having you do this for him for he loves our people and it is he who built our synagogue for us. The centurion has reached across the barriers within their society and shared his generosity within the Jewish community. He has shown he cares and is concerned not only for his slave, but for the entire community. He has not allowed his relationship with the Jewish community to be dictated by cultural norms or standards of the day. And though he has the power and privilege of ignoring the needs of the Jews and definitely of any slave, still he chooses to develop an all-in relationship with them. He has made a decision to care 
and be concerned about those in his midst who do not have the same freedom or resources he has. Although the centurion has not met Jesus personally, what he has heard about him has sparked his faith. He firmly believes Jesus can help his slave to get well. His relationship with the Jewish community is also one that takes courage. All-in relationships require courage because in this day and time, we are aware of the need to have safe boundaries that honor the humanity of each of us. However, in the face of social, political, and economic realities, it is often difficult choosing to have relationships that go against the grain of established expectations. This spring, one of our contextual education class readings was from the New York Times bestseller book, Just Mercy, a story of justice and redemption written by Brian Stevenson. It is an excellent book and a quick read. Stevenson is known as one of the most brilliant attorneys in the 21st century, and yet he has chosen to defend the poor and wrongly accused who end up on death row or children serving adult sentences. Stevenson provides an excellent example of an all-in relationship when defending those who otherwise would not receive justice in our current judicial system. Stevenson reminds us with this quote, each of us is more than the worst thing we have ever done. It is for that reason that we still partner with Hillside and the Georgia Justice Project to provide monthly transportation for family members of their clients. The GJP provides us with the safety net that we need to be able to transport members from this congregation and First Presbyterian carry the family members down to visit their loved one who is in prison. These monthly visits sometimes make all the difference for the prisoner and their family members to remain connected during their time of incarceration. Because we are not just doing this on our own, but partnering with such an institution as, Georgia, as the Georgia Justice Project, we are able to maintain safe boundaries while offering the courage of accompanying these families on their journey. We can always use more volunteers in this powerful mission. Well, no doubt, that is the same mindset the centurion in Luke's gospel has when he chooses to send for Jesus to heal his slave. Whatever the slave has done or not done, he deserves to be well. But not just to be well by the centurion's standards. He quickly realizes and sends for Jesus a second delegation because he knows that the Jewish laws require Jesus not to go into the household of a Gentile. Jesus would no longer be able to heal others because he would be considered unclean. 
So he sends this second delegation of friends, and this time the friends tell Jesus on his behalf these words, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but I only want you to speak the word and let my servant be healed. For I am a man set under authority with soldiers under me. I say to one, go, and he goes. I say to another, come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and the slave does it. The centurion has modeled for us another characteristic of an all-in relationship. He has compassion. He understands the need to provide additional accommodations for those in society who are weaker for whatever the reason, whether it's health, whether it's cultural expectations, or whether it's economic status. Having compassion for those who are weaker among us can enable us to develop an all-in relationship that produces faith. Scripture tells us that Jesus is surprised that this type of faith comes from the centurion, a man who is accustomed to having great power at his hands, so that whenever he speaks, others simply respond. We're each called to develop these type of relationships because they can produce faith in the triune God. One of our elders shared with us the fact that his father's values and principles will continue to go on from generation to generation. Perhaps that is a glimpse of the everlasting life that Jesus promised to all of his followers. Can you think of those in your own life? Because Jesus took the time to be an example for us, he continues to accompany each of us on our journeys. All in relationships, are you ready to help develop those? When was the last time you experienced a Kairos moment? Remember, others are waiting. Amen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. In the beginning was the same as in the beginning with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, as the word was the word was the same God, and the word was God, and the word of the beginning was the same as the word of the beginning God, and the word was God.
him, all things were made by him. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word, and the Word, and the Word, and the Word was God. Go forth into the world remembering to build relationships with people based on commitment, care, concern, courage, and compassion. And may the grace, mercy, and peace of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with us all and remain with us always. Amen. <laughs>